Hey guys, this is Jack here. So unfortunately, this part, this episode did not end up getting uploaded when I first uploaded it. It got it got published last week, but for some reason the Anchor app didn't work or it didn't upload for some reason, even though it said it did. So I'm uploading it now, as well as uploading the season season two episode two um, today. So we'll have two episodes coming up today. So Feel free to watch that one after you watch this. But here's um, Season 2, Episode 1. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Welcome back to the Bison Boys Podcast. Welcome back, boys. How are we feeling? Feeling good? Fantastic. I don't. I don't know if we actually are though. It doesn't really sound like it. You don't think so? No. I'm ready to go. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a dull day. No, we're just locked in. I mean, it's a little, little, little dark outside, and yeah. cloudy, but hey, it's all good. We're, try, we're, we're trying to get it back. About this week, so. yeah, there's a lot, lot to talk about. Uh, we're back here on WNRC LP Dudley Webster, uh, your daily radio station of your Dudley Webster local radio. Um, so. Today was a little gloomy day, like we were talking about. It was a little, little dark out, but hey, Bison Boys are back for season two. Uh, last last season was a big hit, trying to get it back to, back to the way we started last year. Um, couple couple upgrades here in the office we got here. So, your boy got upgraded to the president of our very own radio club, as well as the the <laughs> thank you Spencer. Uh, the boys across the table, Spencer was upgraded to the vice president. Jack Morvan got secretary, and then your boy Austin over there, treasurer of the radio Speaking club. Speaking of Austin, you almost forgot to introduce him. We have a new addition. Oh, new addition to the radio club. We have our very own Austin Mendes. Introduce yourself. You've been on here before, but now that you're a full-time member of the Bison Boys, proper intro to yourself. So I'm. my name's Austin Mendes. I am from Freetown, Massachusetts. I'm a sport management major here at Nichols College and also friends of a friend of Spencer, Jack Morvin, and Jack Clifford. Hell yeah. Well, appreciate you having on here. He's going to be full-time, uh, mostly talking about sports like we all do, but he's going to be kind of the, the captain of the sports section. He's going to be leading the way of our sports conversations just because he can bring that, that energy and that excitement to our sports conversation, but we're all going to be chiming in, but Austin will lead the way in that segment. Um, so first off, I want to talk about, I know I know it's been a little bit since we had our last episode, but how was our summer? I know it's been a long time, but how was the summer, boys? Uh, I was just work and training for the season. That's mm-hmm. really all work. it was. Yeah, yeah I definitely yeah, worked a lot. Working out, staying in shape, trying to keep keep positive about life in general. And, got, out, got out a little bit, but yeah, mostly work. That bread. Awesome. A lot of working. Started yeah. coaching football at Bay Path, Oak mm-hmm. Tech. Yeah. So if any of those guys are listening, shout out to Bay Path. Yep. And I'm ready to rock and roll now. Yes, sir. Um, so we got we got we got a little little predicament here. I don't know if it's back up, but COVID might be a might be a thing again. How are we feeling um, about I, that? I think we're just uh seeing some colds around campus. Yeah. It's that time of year, getting chilly. Yeah, definitely flu season of the allergy season i for sure i'm getting my allergies are kicking in i have to take my daily dose of my allergy um pills <laughs> oh 
much to worry about. I no. Okay. I think we'll be all right. People are getting infected by it, but I think we should be good. I think we it's through. just that cold thing that yeah. everybody gets at the start of the school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we went through it once, but I think we'll we'll figure it out again. Um, what what was what was something exciting that y'all did during the summer? I think that like caught your eye that feels the need to talk about. Uh, Jesus. Um, well, <laughs> everyone just looked right at me. Uh, well, ended up at a Yankees game again. So we went to, I, I ended up going to uh, Yankees Detroit earlier in the summer, Aaron Judge bobblehead night. So Ooh. that was pretty fun. That was probably the, the highlight of my summer. Took a couple trips here and there, but yeah, highlight of my summer. Watched Garrett Cole take a perfect game bid into the seventh. Ooh. Wish he could. I hate the the Yankees, but that's what Wish you could start doing that again, but, you know, we're in a bit of a slide right now. Mm -hmm. Picking it back up. I figured I was just going to go across the board. That's why we both looked at you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I went to North Carolina to visit my friend in the Army. Salute to all those active duty members and those who have fought in our armed services. And I also took a trip to Pennsylvania over the summer, so it was a it was a nice, relaxing summer. Not gonna lie, I'm pretty boring, so I, <laughs> I didn't really do a whole lot besides work and go to the gym and just typical hang out with your friends and stuff. The yeah, Sox games? I did go to a couple Sox games. Uh, I saw them walk off, walk it off. It was a pitcher's duel, one zero, going to the top of the nine. It was actually zero zero. The Yankees Triple A team took a got a run on the board, top nine, and we watched a two run walk off home run. Well no, I watched uh, I mean I went to one of those games too against the Rail Riders, a little little eight inning shutout, ninth inning started coming back a little bit, but won it. The park's nice. It's turning the city of Worcester around. That I whole think it's area one of the too. one of the best parks in general I've been to. I mean I've been to a lot I've been to a few college parks here and there. I've been to a lot of a few like minor league parks like I've been to Hartford I've been to Dodd Stadium in Orange Connecticut which used to be a single A but now it's it's kind of an independent league but still that is that, that stadium's on par with honestly probably better than some MLB stadiums I know it doesn't have the capacity of most of them but just the aesthetic in that stadium I know you know like they got the lights on top of the canopies and stuff like that that aesthetic in that stadium's really nice and it gives a lot of like you said, a lot of life to Worcester. Yeah, that whole area was really not that a good area. My parents told me it's, you know, it was what it was when they were growing up versus Polar Park now. Even just walking down the whole thing, it, they're, like, trying to build, like, apartment buildings behind center field, and they're, they said it was, like, a dump, basically. It was just, like, a big, wide-open lot with just a, nothing in it, and they turned it into a park and turned the city around, so it's definitely a good place to visit cheap tickets obviously it's a minor league game so it's nothing too crazy every uh, seat in the yeah. house is a great yeah. view of the plate view of the stadium i think we we're eight rows behind home plate for like i think we spent a total of 40 bucks on the night that's counting food tickets and everything for eight rows behind home plate it's, and it's still a great great game too especially professional athletes yeah. folks <laughs> call the combo i remember when i went to I don't know if it was a Woosocks game or a Brockton Rocks game, and I saw Mookie before he was, like, Mookie. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought his name was funny, and I was, like, 12 when I saw him. I was like, yo, Mookie. And then he ended up getting um, getting called up from the Red Sox, so I thought it was kind of a full-circle moment. But I think that was dope. Um, I know we're, we're within two weeks of school starting, but how's school been for all of us? I know it's kind of been, like, 
kind of weird that we're all sophomores this year. It's like same old, same old. Yeah, get back in that groove. Yeah, definitely. I think that the two week mark is has has it been two weeks exactly like today? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so it's like kind of like everybody's getting in their rhythm and everybody's like starting to understand stuff and picking up everything. A little, so a little bit more work this year. Yeah, about you guys, yeah. But. a little bit, but it's it's manageable. Um, all right, so we'll move on to our Bison Beat here at Nichols. We we go over, like, the it's kind of a, a weekly schedule and, like, a weekly recap of what's going on, like, special events type of stuff. Um, so the the um, Women's Leadership Program is doing their series of, I think it's, like, they're doing, like, a daily lunch thing, and it's, like, you get, like, to talk with somebody. Like, I don't know how it goes, but it's on the Bison Beat. You can scan that QR code and... You'll be entered into, like, going in all four days, five days, however many it is. Um, Red Sox tickets are available to be purchased this week, I believe, September 14th. Uh, it's first time, first serve. Starts at 7 a.m. Uh, they'll be available in Phil's 301. I think it's only $10 per ticket, and it's really good, especially for especially for a Red Sox game, even that. I know we were just talking about uh, Worcester, never mind. Red Sox. Uh, the game is September 28th at 7 p.m. and I forget who they're playing, but anyways, the Red Sox game is still great purchase as long as it t- for $10, which is great. Um, so Nichols is offering a driving confidence golf lessons for a free six-week clinic at the D- Dudley Hill course. So if you want to do that, the QR code is on the Bison Beat, and I'm sure you can look it up somewhere if you'd like to do that. Uh, women's varsity lacrosse trouts. If you're interested in playing lacrosse, that starts September 15th and 16th. Uh, I think the QR code on there on the Bison Beat is there as well, and I'm sure you can just look it up on the uh, Nichols Cab Instagram. Um, so for the R- one of the RA programs, uh, we'll have our good RA Keely cookies. She's making cookies and REM. So if you're interested in going to get chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and I know I like chocolate chip cookies. I don't know about you boys, but uh, she's making them September 15th at 8 p.m. in Rem Kitchen. All right, moving on to our nickel sports. Austin, would you like to lead the way to our nickel sports? So leading off is a big game that you three had on Friday night over Dean College, a 71-55 to victory. And I know one of the big plays of the game was Jack Morvin's big touchdown catch. Come on now. <laughs> um, dude. As of recent, on September 10th, the women's soccer team won 2-1. to one. The women's volleyball team won three sets to none over Fitchburg State. And, and, they, played, and they played Curry, too. And they also won three games to none over Curry. Mm-hmm. Volleyball's looking good this year. Football. They're hey, undefeated. 71? Hey, most points program history. Basketball. We're playing basketball that uh, Friday night. Yeah, the defense is not too hot. But, hey, <laughs> offense kept it going. 71 points, most program history. Also, most rushing yards in a single game in program history. That's Shout Shane. out Buck and Shane. That's crazy. And X. Yep. X got it done, too. X got it done. Seven total touchdowns of the day. QB one. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up the stats right now from the football game so I can tell you exactly what Jack's touchdown was. D three, D three dot com. It was where I found most of it. But 
about to have them up on the website yet. But uh, yeah, seven total rushing touchdowns, also a program record. So really just a record-setting night this Friday. Yeah. The fireworks. Let's keep sick. it rolling. And yeah, fireworks. Awesome. How did themselves really? Mm-hmm. Shout out Glenn. Yep, kind of killed it. Um, I'm pretty sure isn't volleyball undefeated as well. Uh, as of right now, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so as well. I think they're undefeated. I think they're like perfect too. I don't think yeah, they lost a set this year. Lost. I don't think they lost uh, a set this year. They might have lost one. What? Yeah, it was to Fisher. They lost oh, one. Okay. But still, they, I mean, they're coming out with a perfect record, so. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. They're killing it. Shout out volleyball. They definitely recruited a lot, and I've, I've gotten to know the freshman class this year a lot, doing orientation and being an RA of the freshman class, and getting to know a lot of the athletes, and they're all really nice people, and they're all very athletic, and that type of atmosphere is awesome for them to be a part of. So the Nichols College football team had a total of 580 yards in their game over Dean, 193 passing yards, 387 rushing yards they tallied 25 first downs and as mentioned earlier they scored a total of 71 points and our very own jack morvin had a 44 yard yard receiving touchdown from xavier quarterback xavier powell on a capping off a four play 60 yard drive so every pass touchdowns yeah but i don't remember how many i know we had three two touchdowns Book had two touchdowns. Shane had one. Freshman Shane Sutton had two touchdowns, so. He might be starting because I think Book's hurt. Still, I mean, we got the the RB room right now is, is so stacked. We'll have Archie and Tiago coming back, so. Mm-hmm. We're looking good for the rest of the season. Let's just keep that momentum rolling. And I'm glad Austin's leading us because we'd be two in our own horns. So, yeah. I'm glad Austin said the stat line. So, if you're interested, this upcoming, I believe it is Saturday. Saturday. Saturday yeah. This upcoming Saturday, the Nichols College football team will be taking on Coast Guard Academy here at Vendetti Field on top of the hill at noontime. So redemption Kick homecoming. Home. Homecoming, yeah. It's going to be big. Get it done. So, um, what other games are coming up this week? Not only football, but... As for athletics in total, we have this website's hard to navigate. <laughs> Come on. I know that soccer, uh, men's soccer, has been killing it so too. Wi Fi isn't the greatest down here. It's taking a minute to load up the schedules, but. We got it here. Men's soccer has a game tomorrow at Mass Maritime Academy at 7 o'clock start time. And then on Friday, they will be taking on fellow CCC member Suffolk University here at, in Dudley. And That blows my mind that Suffolk is in our conference. They're in our conference for uh, track as well, I believe. Hmm. I feel like there'd be a lot more like higher up. And like the Mac 10 or any 10. As for the tennis team, they have a match this up. They have a match on Saturday versus Stonehill here, here at Nichols College, starting off at noontime. As for this year, up there in the rankings and coming at Emma Cup for that conference championship this year. Mm-hmm. As for field hockey, they have a game 
Wednesday at Elms in Chicopee, Mass. They have a game against CCC rival UNE on Saturday. That should be a good game. I've heard from a bunch of soccer players that UNE is always a uh, good game and everything. And as for the women's soccer team, they have a game tomorrow at Fitchburg State at 4 p.m. A game Thursday as well against Suffolk University here at Nichols starting at 4 p.m. Yeah, women's soccer team been killing it too. I've been going on a couple of those games. I've had the time to prepare everything. Fall sports looking good this year. Mm-hmm. So let's get it rolling. Size. It'll be a uh, loaded plate this week for Nichols College mm-hmm. games across the board for all the fall sports. Mm-hmm. I feel like every single game, like, no, no matter what the sport is, I feel like it's always entertaining. We always keep it like in contention and keep like that energy up, which is awesome. That's what, that's what's great about this this college as well. The fans and players kill it no matter what. It's a uh, very tightly knit community up here mm-hmm. between all the athletes. For real, I feel like everybody's friends with everybody, and that's how you build that community. And that's how you, that's how you win championships, folks. So if you don't mind, we'll be moving off onto the Division One slate for college football. And the game that we're all itching to talk about was number, then number one ranked Alabama versus unranked Texas. Texas is back. And Alabama pulling out a very tight one-point victory, 20-19 to 19, over Texas. Texas is back. In all honesty, the bits and pieces that I watched throughout the game it was a complete domination on Texas's part. So I don't I don't know what you guys have to say about that game or anything. Uh well obviously um talking about like Bryce Young and all that stuff. He didn't look too great. I mean, you expect a lot out of the Heisman winner from last year, but I mean 27 for 39, average of 5.5 yards per completion, and only one touchdown against a team that's unranked. That's just kind of... Is that Bryce Young's stats? Yeah, it's not really acceptable for reigning Heisman. I feel like it could have been a lot higher of a score. It could have, but, I mean, both those defenses, those defenses did really well. Not Mm -hmm. not really a lot of turnovers, but just three and out, three and out, three and outs. But, I mean, I think the most interesting thing for me to see was Alabama didn't really have the receivers mm-hmm. I mean uh, Jamar Gibbs was their number one receiver that day and he's a running back coming out of the backfield nine receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown I mean I don't know the the receivers didn't really have much to do that game I don't know if that was Bryce Young or if that was just they don't have as much talent as they usually have there I'm sure later in the season they'll have a standout wide receiver somewhere but Jace McClellan and Gibbs really kind of carried that game with, uh, I mean, Jason McClellan being their new lead back, six carries, 97 yards, 16.2 average, which, whoa. But <laughs> he did have a pretty tough game except for one long run of 81 yards. But watching that game, Texas, I thought Texas was going to come out on top until the last, very last seconds. So, Other notable games in Division One college sports this week was Tennessee beating Pittsburgh in an overtime matchup 
with Tennessee pulling away 34 to 27. App State. App State, baby. Appalachian State. Should have done it last Boone, week. North Carolina. Should have done it last week. Upsetting Texas A&M by a score of 17 to 14. Low uh, scoring game, but hey. You want to take what you can get? Num- you got uh, Cameron, People, Cameron Peoples, though. I think freshman, I believe. So it's, no, junior, sorry. There's a, my bad. But, yeah, 19 carries, 112 yards, put that team on his back. No touchdowns, but, hey, they got them down there when they needed to. Only two touchdowns in that game, but App State's defense, I mean, they did it again. So, pretty good. Going across the board, as of recent, Georgia has now jumped Alabama as the number one ranked team in the country. Going back to last week, number now number nine, Kentucky beat Number 18, Florida, by a score of 26 to 16. Oklahoma pulled away from Kent State, 33 to 3. Oklahoma State, 34. Arizona State, 17. Another good game last week, although the score might not say it, is number 7, USC, beating unranked Stanford by a score of 41 to 28. Number 4, ranked Michigan, beating... Hawaii by a score of 56 to 10 and another great game during the week was another overtime thriller between now number number 12 ranked BYU beating number 17 ranked Baylor by a score of 26 to 20. We just talk about uh, a little bit of a Marshall upset over there too. Yeah. I, Notre Dame dropping two in a row at the start of the season. They came in as what I think ranked number four correct? Four or five? Yeah. Drop first game to Ohio State, which now they're eight, but they're going to drop even more. They were eight coming into this week, and they just lost to unranked Marshall, which Marshall played a really good game, but it wasn't really wasn't really a shootout. It was just a solid game by Marshall. Uh, Henry Columbia, their quarterback, 145 yards, 16 for 21, 6.9 average and a touchdown. Uh, really, the run game was... What won them that game? 31 carries. Juan Laybourne, 31 carries, 163 yards, 5.3 average. He put that team in his back that day. But for Notre Dame, I mean, they just didn't have it when they needed it. Mm-hmm. They got back late, uh, got within a touchdown, went for a two-point, missed a two-point, didn't get the ball back on the kick. It's just they haven't been coming up when they need to come up. They've been solid. Like I mean, you'd think if Notre Dame holds a team to – 20 something points that they can win that game especially an unranked team but they just their offense just can't get it going their leading receiver right now is their tight end um i'm forgetting his name uh mike meyer that's who it is their tight end eight receptions 100 yards oh yeah but other than that no one else really no one else really contributing for them it's kind of a two-man team with their quarterback and mike meyer there so We'll see if Notre Dame can turn it around. I was excited to see how they do this season, but it doesn't look like they have a shot at the playoff as of right now. I think losing those two games kind of threw them out of it early. Continuing with football, it was a big week across the board from a college football standpoint, and now the NFL has kicked off this week with week one. Starting off with the opening night game on Thursday against the Bills versus the Rams with the Bills coming in as the team everybody was betting on as they pulled away from the Rams 31 to 10 continuing Stephon on Diggs. yeah Diggs Stephon had Diggs. a great game against mm-hmm. Jack you got anything to say about that 
Ramsey isn't good anymore. He's trash. <laughs> the Rams are trash. That's anymore. it. No respect at all, huh? Nope. I mean, you can't be you can't get cooked like that and get any respect. I, I mean, think he's that face mask. You see the face I mean, mask he's wearing. He's so he's nice. Cool. It's gross. He I don't was, know what you're talking about. He's a corner. He was always atop the you know the the pedestal as a corner, but now it's kind of uh, it's kind of up in the air for that performance. We're talking about top corners going down too. AJ Terrell had a horrible game as well too. So mm -hmm. against Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas kind of hit him up with. Slant Boy is back. He was always him, bro. The disrespect <laughs> is crazy. The disrespect is crazy. People are just mad. I mean, if you can throw a guy a three-yard slant, he turns into 20 yards. Yeah. He wasn't even running slants all day. He exactly. Caught, he caught two back shoulders on Terrell. I mean, and taking a guy who what, didn't allow – did he even allow a touchdown all last year? I don't think he did, did he? But lowest – allowed the lowest passer rating when targeted last year in the entire league. And week one, Mike Thomas comes back and shows everyone he's still got it. Jarvis Landry also had seven racks for 114, which is very good. I don't know. The Saints, Saints, Saints look pretty good. I feel like they're going to be like last year, though. They're going to have a couple games where they really put it together and they look really good, and a few games where they just can't get anything going. Yeah. The same thing happened last year, really. So, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, man. James. Swiss Army knife. James. James killed it. He had a good game. 23-34, 269, two tuds. Other games from the NFL slate, as the boys were just talking about, the Saints pulled away just barely against the Atlanta Falcons, 27-26. to 26. Going down the list, the Eagles just barely pulling away from the Lions, who had the number two overall pick last year. In the draft, the Eagles, 38, Lions, 35. Hey, A.J. Brown, 10 AJ, for one. AJ Brown. I mean, I think that might be what Jalen Hurts needed. I think... It's kind of undisputed right now. The Eagles are winning the NFC East. Mm -hmm. Cowboys had troubles. Dax hurt. The Giants are the Giants, even though Saquon's looking good. The Commanders are the Commanders. Like The Eagles have a very solid team if mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts can get it together. I mean, their running back room is pretty good. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, all three solid backs. But now they have A.J. Brown in their receiving. and Dallas Goddard's still there. Zach Pascal now, not a lot of people notice, but I think they really improved their team in free agency. So free agency draft trades. So I think Philly's a team to watch out for for some upsets later in the season. Big time. Continuing on with the slate, we had the Bears upsetting the San Francisco 49ers in that. in a very rainy Soldier Field in Chicago. Trey Lance did not have not a good, a good day. day, which. I don't know if we can say that's because of the rain or because of inexperience, but whew, not a good game. On the on the ground, no one cracked over. I mean, Trey Lance was our leading rusher, 13 attempts for 54. Debo Samuel, 8 for 52. And then their running backs were just nowhere to be found. So I see, I mean, they tried to lean on Debo all game. He was their, I believe, their leader in all-purpose yards, and it just didn't work. They yeah. just figured him out in the rain. Maybe it was because of the weather, but. I've always, been, out I've always been a huge Justin Fields fan, especially even back in college days. I mean, he didn't even. I mean, like like you he said, with the much, rain, still eight for seventeen. That yeah. looks like a like a like we were just talking about before the podcast, like an Army Navy passing yeah. game. Like, did not throw the ball much. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of yardage, a lot of field goals. But hey, hey Trey still had twenty eight attempts. Yeah, wins a win. One sixty four. I don't. I don't know. I'm not really sure why people are buying into Trey Lance right now. 
No, I don't I think I'm not a fan. Ever since he was drafted, I think he was one of those guys that was just so hit or miss based off of you know what physically he has for tools, but he yeah. played he played like third amount of the college games everyone else did because yeah. he only played really one full season. He played one full season. I think he had said he got like less than six hundred snaps over his entire college career, which is Crazy. what most which is what most get in a freshman season. So I mean, it's just it's kind of I, I didn't really know Trayvon until like the draft stock started around and they were like all hyped him up at North Dakota. State. I mean he's got the, he has the raw talent, he, he has does. the athleticism, yeah, he has the arm, but mm-hmm. the the thing about him is like Jack was saying not the experience just isn't there and there's not really a way to get that without throwing him into the fire but mm-hmm. as we've seen with a lot of guys Johnny Manziel Baker throwing them into the fire doesn't always work mm-hmm. I mean I know I just called out two Browns quarterbacks but still that's what happens they draft people throw them yeah. into the fire I mean Sam Darnold like you can't just take just because they're good in college if they don't have a lot of experience you can't throw them into the fire of the NFL it's a lot different and even though he did have a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo it's Jimmy Garoppolo he's not it's not like the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes kind of thing where Alex Smith was a very was a really good NFL quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is just kind of average. So we'll see if he can pick it up. Maybe it was just a bad game because of the rain. But week two, I mean, I'll, everyone knows don't overreact to week one. But What about the Steelers and Bengals game, bro? <sighs> Bengals O-line doing Bengals O-line things? Joe Burrow, 53 attempts passing, 33 completions. Well, what are you going to do when you don't have an O-line? You can't run the yeah, ball. you can't run Joe Mixon. He's still at 82, which is pretty pretty good for a trash old line. Yeah. That, that game's final score was Steelers 23, Bengals 20, and Burrow accounted for five of the Bengals' turnovers during the day. Four, four picks. picks. Four picks, and four. I believe the other one was a fumble. It yeah. was his fumble, I, too. I want to believe. I, I'm still a Joe Burrow believer. I want to say that it's because of the pressure is so bad, but some of those throws just – we're not it. But on a good note, Jamar Chase, again, he's just amazing. 10 for 129 and a touchdown. Continuing on, as Spencer mentioned earlier about the Browns, the Browns, it was Baker Mayfield's revenge, revenge game, as game. people would say. But the Browns, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, Pulling away twenty six to twenty four over the Carolina Panthers. Read this out for you. Uh, Baker Mayfield, sixteen for twenty seven, two hundred thirty five yards passing, eight point seven average, one pick, one touchdown, four sacks for twenty eight yard loss, and a thirty seven point two QB rating. I don't know if that fits his statement of he's gonna them up, but he did not. He had a terrible game. Christian McCaffrey as well on my fantasy team, so I'm a little bit biased here, had a very disappointing game. And I think I have to put that on Matt Rule. He had five total touches in the second half. That's the best player on your team, and you give him the ball five times in a tight game in the second half, and you end up losing by two points. That's just unacceptable, honestly. Continuing down the list, the Colts and Texans tied, and while this is on the table right now, not a single team in the AFC South one this week, and two of them played each other. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Continuing yeah, it's, down it's the interesting, list. too, though, because when you look at the stats for Indiana, it wasn't a bad wasn't game, a at game at all. Jonathan Taylor, 31 carries, 161 yards and a touchdown. Michael Pittman, 9 receptions, 121 yards, which I believe 
wonder if it that was. might be his breakout game for the oh season. Oh, my God. It might end up being good. Fantasy team looks pretty nice. Naeem Hines, top. six catches for 50. Paris Gamble, three catches for 37. It looks like a good game statistic-wise, but they just could not get the ball into the end zone. Mm -hmm. From a team that is currently in a rebuild standpoint, I have been a big fan of Davis Mills since he has been drafted, and Davis Mills, 23 for 37, 240 yards, and two touchdowns. And no both picks. of those touchdowns no going towards newly acquired tight end, O.J. Howard. Howard. Very under-the-radar signing, I believe. I mean, coming from the Bucks, he didn't play much last year. He got injured early, but he was going to be a good compliment to Gronk last year, but... He kind of goes to a place where he gets to show, like, just showcase ability, like you were saying. Under the radar signing, he kind of is the only. Him and Brandon Cooks are really the only two players on that team that have proven that they can be solid NFL players. So they kind of are the leaders of that offense right now, and I think it'll be exciting to see where they go with that. I believe it'll be a couple years, but I think the Texans are in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe Davis Mills will be at least the building block one of the building blocks well, for the too. Texans in the future, whether he's the answer or whether they go with somebody else, he'll be that solid player that they can rely on in and the we future. We have some, some good defensive signings, too, over the season. They signed, um, uh, oh, I forget his name right now, uh, Desmond King was a very good signing at corner, and they drafted Derek Singley Jr., who I think is going to end up being a cornerstone of that defense. Like, uh, Not now Jalen Ramsey, but a Jalen Ramsey-type corner from days past as we, we talked about earlier Jim Ramsey. I don't, I don't know if they'd be I don't know if they'd be playoff contention but they may be not this season, good, no. good ranking I guess in, in their conference. I think they're going to have a bad another bad season but yeah. there's going to be some promise in there. Maybe, maybe in like a year or two it could be up there. Yeah. Continuing, continuing down the list we have the Baltimore Ravens beating the New York Jets by a score of 24 to 9. The Washington Commanders beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 28-22. Oh Dude, Carson Wentz had a day. The How about uh, Antonio Gibson? Seven catches for 72 yards. We gotta yards. talk about this game, bro. <laughs> Dude, Carson Wentz. Jahan Dotson. Hey, Jahan Dotson with two touchdowns? Carson Wentz, yeah, I think you're saying four touchdowns to oh. two picks, which, I mean, two picks is an ideal, but oh, 3-13 and four touchdowns, but... Two of those touchdowns going to rookie Jahan Dotson from Penn State. So You mentioned Antonio was Gibson. He was, yeah. towards the end of training camp, a guy that reports were coming out saying that he might not be the starting running back. He had he was getting third team and special team reps, and Gibson came out, and he had a pretty good day for uh, a guy who was projected to be a third third roster spot guy at the running really, back depth chart. I don't chart. really think there is much behind those. I mean, last year he was their leading their leading receiving back and their leading rusher. I don't think those reports had too much truth behind it. I think that was just rumors getting swelled around because of obviously Brian Robinson, who prayers to him. Hopefully he has a smooth recovery. But Brian Robinson and uh, J.D. McKissick behind him are definitely giving him. I think they have a solid running back room when Brian Robinson gets back. I think Brian Robinson, when he is back, will get the heavy load of on-the-ground carries, but Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick are two of the best receiving backs in the game right now. They just kind of go under the radar because they're in Washington, but they're very good. Like I just said, Antonio Gibson, 70 for, 7 for 72, and J.D. McKissick, 3 catches, 20 yards, which is pretty solid for a backup back. And Back to it, Terry McLaurin had a good game, 2 catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Curtis Samuel had a touchdown, and Jahan Dotson at 2, which I think that looks really good for Jahan Dotson, a red zone threat, tall guy, 
Penn State guy, Big Ten corner or uh, Big Ten receiver going up big corners and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see where he goes. Curtis Samuel's underrated. I remember when he was in um, Carolina. He was in Carolina. He was really good. He's their number two. But, I mean, on the other side of that ball, I think very interesting was Travis Etienne had a very good game on the ground with only four carries. He had four carries for 47 yards and a couple catches, but it looked like James Robinson was the head of that running back room, Mm -hmm. which uh, is interesting considering last year he didn't get too many reps. I think that was an Urban Meyer thing, though. I believe so, too. Urban Meyer didn't really have good liking for him. Trevor Lawrence had a meh kind of game, 24 for 42, not the best completion percentage, but he threw a touchdown, so it's okay. Yeah, I feel like this year they could be they could be pretty a sleeper pick. Mr. Overpaid Christian Kirk, six for one seventeen, kinda silencing a little bit of the doubters, nineteen and a half yards per catch on six catches. I mean mm-hmm. that's a pretty good game, but I don't think he can keep it up. I think yeah. this might have been a week one thing. I think teams are gonna figure him out pretty oh, soon. Oh, I forgot they they traded um for Zay Jones. Before I get into the four o'clock window, I wanted to save this one for last because I know this will be a great discussion. No. No, don't say it. No. As don't say it, don't say it. Jack don't say it. Jack is referring to what I'm going to mention. The Dolphins and the Patriots. Week one in the one o'clock window. Dolphins twenty, Patriots seven. And as I'm still holding the grudge against against Phil. As a Patriots fan, this one hurt to watch a lot. Especially, I didn't even watch it. Should have taken the Kobe Dean. Don't care. Don't care about all the rumors. He is not hurt. He's fine. Should have taken the Kobe Dean at that first round. We don't have anyone in the middle of our defense right now. And benching Cole Strange, your first round pick for James Ferenc. Benching, benching Kendrick Bourne, who played two Kendrick snaps Bourne. and two snaps. had half of our receiving yards in those two snaps of the entire game. We have one reception for forty one. That was half of our receiving yards the entire game, and it, man. And then you we have played. Mac Jones, who after the game was wobbling around, looking, struggling to walk with that back, back injury. injury. A lot of people are saying look out for that shoulder. The back injury might be a placeholder, but hurts. hurts. I don't know. I don't know what direction we're headed in right now, and it's kind of scary. Mm, very scary. We're literally just like sitting ducks right now. We're, we're treading water, really. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I wouldn't even say we're treading water. I, I feel like we're Damn. we're holding on to that buoy underneath the water right now. <laughs> yeah, it's good analogy. Bad. I mean, we didn't have a run. We didn't have much of a run game. Our passing game, I mean, solid, not the best. Jacoby Myers had a good game. Kendrick Bourne, one catch for 41 yards, and he, for some reason he was benched the whole game, which was stupid. I don't know if Matt Patricia has something against him, but I don't think him calling the plays is where we need to go. That's another the thing, one, too, is... One bright spot of that game was kind of seeing how Ty Montgomery was used. Yeah, he didn't do much, but he had three catches for 15 yards, a couple of rushes. I mean, hopefully we can figure out how to use him a little bit more. I think throwing him out of the backfield is our move with James White retiring. I think he can become, kind of fill that role a little bit. Yeah, he's a little bit bigger, but I think he can fill that kind of screen, out, quick out back role that he had. And Damian Harris just needs to get it going. I mean, I mean, you mentioned that uh, Ty Montgomery has a bright spot. Defensive side of the ball, it was terrible. Besides, I feel like yeah. Kyle Duggar had a good game. Mm-hmm. Two CFLs, well. yeah, in the box safety. I mean, I watched him. I went to a training camp practice. He looked good in training camp. But, but, yeah, our defense does not have too much to smile about right now. 
the entire team doesn't have too much to smile about <laughs> right now. They led the team in tackles. Devin McCourty and Kyle Duggar both with six. Shalani Tavai got some snaps. I was hoping we'd get a little bit more play time. But, yeah, no, Jalen Mills at corner is not going to work. I'm still going to say that until till the end of my time. I don't know why we're playing at corner. Jonathan Jones got cooked after usually he plays pretty good, good against Tyreek Hill, but he did not play good. We let Tyreek Hill kind of go off. Yeah, he didn't have a touchdown, but he had a very good game, so. This was a talk all throughout training camp about who was going to be calling plays and everything, and I knew it was going to be Patricia from day one. But you're having a guy who is a defensive-minded guy. Defensive coordinator for five years for us, wins two Super Bowls with us, and now... As a defensive coordinator. As a defensive coordinator, and we bring him back as an OC. doesn't really make sense. And then you have... Joe Judge. Don't even get me started. Joe Judge, a special team coordinator... We all know how he was as a head coach of the New York Giants, and just, it was I think, awful. I think, I think Bill's trying to get his friends paid right now, because I don't know what the hell he's doing. That's, I I, I don't know what's going I, on. Bill's a great coach, but hey, something's got to give. Yep. With either drafting, either he has to give up that GM role, something's got to give, because... This year's draft was un, was unacceptable. Jack Jones is our only solid pick, and that came in the fifth round. Tyquan Thornton was Tyquan a good pick. He's hurt right now. Tyquan Thornton is a good pick, but mm-hmm. at the again, uh, again we reached. There yeah, was so exactly. many, there were many better picks on the board. Cole Strange, don't even get me started. Good guy. I think he'll be solid for us in the future, but not first round pick solid. No. There's so many other pieces on the board there. Even if we didn't go with a guy like Nicole Dean, which I understand there are rumors going around about injuries and surgeries and stuff like that. Any th- anyone, anyone. Look at all these people that are kind of coming out now. We got like the, the Jahan Dotsons who just had a breakout game, pretty much two touchdowns. He was there when Tyquan Thornton was there. It just, I don't know what what's happening. It's the second year in a row we've just absolutely bottled the draft. I'm only still questioning draft. on in the fourth round why we went with quarterback Bailey Zap. I mean, during <laughs> the preseason he. He looked good during the preseason. He really bad in two games and pretty good in two games. But. Yeah, so my question is, is why? what is the direction we're heading by taking a quarterback in the fourth round a year after we took Mac Jones with the first-round pick? Yeah, same thing, too. I don't I, – a lot of people are going to be like, oh, they're just trying to motivate Mac, give him some pressure. He doesn't need motivation. He needs a team to be built around him. Yeah. We know what he can do. Start. We saw him in the national championship at Alabama. We know what he can do with a good team, with a good old line, with good receivers around him. No, he's not going to be the next Tom Brady. No, he's not going to be a Pat Mahomes type. He can make everyone around him better. But if you give him pieces, he'll make it work. And that's what we, I think we need to do. We need to stop worrying about, oh, let's, let's reach for this guy because he, we think he's going to be a steal. No, stop it. Just take the best talent on the board. Literally. Same thing for agency. We're sitting there, yes. He's a good pickup. Yes, Devontae Parker is a good pickup. How are we going to throw to him one time? Yeah, or two times. Two targets for one catch. And and one of those targets was that non-call holding that ended yeah, up turning yeah. into an interception. So I, we're going to trade for this guy, which, yeah, we got him. We stole him from the, from the Dolphins. But we're going to trade for a guy to become our number one receiver, and he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in receiving yards in our first game with one catch it's time to hit the demolish button here and start from scratch build around guys like mac jones and the younger guys on the team but 
Also, it's I time. Mean, it's time. What have What have we been doing with trading people away too? We trade away. Um, JC Jackson. We trade. I mean, JC Jackson, Jackson was a free was gonna agent. go. He was gonna go anyways. There was no point offering him. He wasn't gonna stay. Yeah. We trade away. Who? What, who was the old we traded away last year? Uh, Shaq Mason. Shaq Mason. We Shaq traded. Mason. I loved him. I don't know why we traded him. Mm-hmm. One of the best guards in the NFL gave him away for a fifth. Exactly. Well, At that point, it looks like you're starting a rebuild. But then you come in this year and you don't sign anybody in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You you get the cool. We get Devontae Parker. You don't sign. There's not a single free agent signing that we had this season. None. Nobody. We come into the draft. We bottle the draft. We make one good move, and that's and that's trading for Devontae Parker. Was Ty Montgomery a free agent? Or no. Correct. Yes, that was a good. I feel like that was a good signing. But once again, is an under the radar signing. Squad. It's a low signing. We saved him for what? We signed him for what? Four million. Yeah, I think so. Something. Like that. <coughs> Like, there's so there were so many guys in the market. I mean, we could have made a run for Devontae Adams. Exactly. We have the money. It's the New England Patriots. Maybe you wouldn't have wanted to come there, but still, you gotta offer. You gotta do something. Imagine Mac Jones with a Devontae Adams type receiver, like he had in in Alabama. He has in Alabama. He had what? He had um. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Jalen Waddle. Jamison. Jamison Williams. It's like, come oh. on. Devontae Smith. I don't blame him for not doing too great when you don't when you, when you're throwing like don't get it wrong I love him but when you're throwing to Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, ninety percent of your throws, that's just not ideal for mm-hmm. the type of quarterback that Mac is. Put in put in Brian Hoyer for Colonel Rob. All right, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Moving on before we uh, start yeah. tearing down some walls here. <laughs> uh, Going into the four o'clock window, we had the Vikings beating the Packers twenty-three yeah. to seven. Kirk Cousins, baby. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, bro. Whoo, Jettis. I didn't see what Jefferson's. Nine wow. Yeah. One eighty-four, yep. two touchdowns. One eighty-four and two touchdowns. Twenty-point-four average on nine receptions. Aaron Rodgers struggled with the receiving core. He had his leading receiver was running back AJ Dillon with five receptions for forty-six yards. Shut up, I love AJ Dillon. <laughs> he went to BC. He, he's from uh, about half an hour away from me. He's from New London, Connecticut, so pretty close hometown guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about Aaron Rodgers? 16.1 QB rating. Dude, he's falling off. Oh, man, they had to put in Jordan Love in that game. That, That's what I thought. I would, I would assume that. Jordan Love went do. four for five for 65 yards. That shows that but, really when he was in town, Devontae Adams was the offense, not Aaron Rodgers. But, yep. again... Same thing happened last year. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had a he, he he had a really bad game first week of the season last year. Ends up winning his back to back MVPs, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's got it this year. The receiving core is is it's just not existent. It'll it'll really be a judgmental game next week as he takes on the Chicago Bears. I mean Romeo Dalbs was their leading actual receiver with thirty seven yards and then you got uh, a tight end I've never heard of, Robert Tanyan with three catches. Robert Christian Tanyan Watson. is good. a uh, Robert, 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 good Robert Tanyan good, but uh, I'm talking about, no, the, another guy was uh, Josiah DeGuara. Never, never heard, heard of him. Heard of him. That, he's fourth in receiving yards. Yeah, rebuild. Christian Watson dropping a wide open go route on the outside, which I get it. He's young. Give him some time, but. The Packers on. just want Aaron Rodgers to leave. Yeah, I don't know why you. Year. I don't know why you extend him, give him it's a record-breaking deal, and then get rid of his number one receiver. Blow apart his team. Yeah, he's about to be done. This is last year. Moving on, we have uh, draft any receivers again this year. 
we have the Giants upsetting the Tennessee Titans 21 to 20 and I feel like the Ryan Tannehill experiment should be done in Tennessee and holy close exactly start I don't even looking want to talk towards about the that future. game because I had to play Saquon Barkley in fantasy and he had a <laughs> 68 yard run that absolutely ruined my day I would have won that game if it wasn't for that run but hey the Giants I don't care what you say yeah they beat the Titans not legit the Giants are going to go maybe five wins unless Saquon decides to become Jesus <laughs> as you just said the I just don't, think the Titans had a bad don't look too much into that game with the Giants but definitely uh, with the Titans the only positive thing about the Giants I can see was their was their run defense Tay Crowder mm-hmm. had seven tackles with uh seven assisted tackles and four solo tackles so he had a total of 11 tackles and they held Derrick Henry under 100 yards on 21 carries which holding Derrick Henry under four yards a carry is an accomplishment for any team so props to the Giants for that mm-hmm. but once again I mean one good thing one bright spot about that Tennessee team is Traylon Burks three for three catches 55 yards he looks like he's gonna be pretty solid but Ryan Tannehill had a meh kind of game he had a Ryan Tannehill game, 20 for 33, 266, and two touchdowns. I don't think it was the offense's fault in that game. wasn't impressive. It was average for a modern-day quarterback. Yeah, I just I, I think it was – I think they couldn't get the run game going, and I think that's the reason they lost that game. I don't think the Giants did anything exceptional except stopping the run. But other than that, it was just a meh kind of game. Week one isn't really going to matter in the grand scheme. Since when did Robert Woods get on the Titans? Uh, they signed him this offseason. Following uh, the A.J. Brown trade. Following A.J. Brown. Oh, okay. I think they sent like a six-rounder to the, to the Rams or something for him. Yep. Yeah. It was, no, it was nothing too crazy. The Chargers got their revenge following the end-of-the-season game against the Oakland uh, – not the Oakland, the Las Vegas Las Raiders. Vegas. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Arizona Cardinals by a score of 44-21. to The Tampa Bay Buccaneers – with a 19-3 to victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady is still boys? undefeated against the Dallas Cowboys in his career. Not a good game for Tom. Leonard no, Fournette carried that game. Know. Leonard Fournette, 21 for 127. Had him on fantasy, so let's go. But I had Patrick Mahomes on fantasy. And Dak Prescott will be out <coughs> multiple weeks with a injury. How about Julio? Poor Dak. Julio Jones, three catches for 69 yards, and two rushes for 17 yards, using him on the jet sweep. I mean... Mike Evans' touchdown catch was really impressive. One-handed snag. You know, five catches for 71 yards for for Mike Evans, but hey, I think the Bucks have got it again. I, th- I think they're poised yeah, to go for another run, so we'll see. They rebuilt pretty well as well. And tonight we have Russell Wilson returning to Seattle as a member of the Denver Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> but I'm excited, I'm excited for this game, and I think the Broncos are going to stomp the Seahawks, just so you know. I want to see Jerry Judy go for 150 yards. I want to see Russell Wilson have an amazing game. It's not going to be so much a revenge game, Homecoming. but... More of a homecoming, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It was, yeah, it was a mutual bad. decision for Russ to leave it's the Seahawks. Be, yeah, so. it's going to be tough, though, because, I mean, no one really wants to watch a game where Geno Smith is starting a quarterback. So we'll see how it goes. But it is cool to have that little homecoming. They're playing his old team first week. So. Yeah, this will be a home game for him. 
But that'll be the finale for the NFL slate this Are week for week in, one. They're playing in Seattle, correct? Yep. It is in Seattle. Oh, there's gonna be a lot Broncos of Broncos. There's gonna be a lot of brand new Broncos fans there, I'll tell oh you that right God. now. You're gonna be hearing a lot yeah. more cheers for Russell than you are for the Seahawks. I'll probably do like a standing ovation for him. I just wanted to touch upon this quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a baseball guy, and I know some guy, some of you guys in the room are a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. Love myself in baseball. September is my favorite time of Ooh, the year football, in the MLB baseball. season, as you see the rosters expand to 28 yep. rather than the normal 26 for the rest of the season, and of course the pennant chase across the board. But first, to touch upon the rosters expanding to 28, the reason I love that so much is because you get to see those top prospects come up, those prospects that are highly touted and everything coming up. You just mentioned Gunnar Henderson, the shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. And I know a couple of us are Red Sox fans in the room. We have first baseman Tristan Casas coming up as Bobby Dahlbeck, which personally that hurts, getting sent down. It hurts. But Tristan Casas has looked impressive. Don't even get Jack started on Bobby Dahlbeck over there. <laughs> 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 want to talk. Underwhelming. It's, it's a rough season to say rough. the least. <laughs> rough. He looks better in a Blue Sox uniform anyways. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as the Yankees fan over here, um, great season. But uh, starting to, we had a very tough month of August. Worst team in the league over August, so... Five-and-a-half like game lead for the Yankees going down the stretch as the Tampa Bay Rays are closing in. Well, and then the Blue just, Jays are a half a game away from the Rays as the AL East is heating up right now. We did just put up ten on the Rays, two games back to the or nine and then ten on the Rays. So we took two out of three of that series, which was good to see. Hopefully we're back. But as for the Yankees, calling up Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza, Oswald Peraza kind of hopefully – we see them take over that shortstop job. IKF kind of overstayed his welcome there. See him move. I see him moving to third. Josh Donaldson taking a bench spot as he's been very underwhelming. But you never know what that Yankees team's gonna do. But I want to see. I mean, I'm sure you guys know baseball. Oswald Peraz at short, DJ Glaber at second, switching out Rizzo at first when he gets back. But as for right now, DJ at first and then get IKF at third where he. People forget he won a gold glove at third base, so it's not like we're losing much of his defensive presence there. And Oswald Peraza, just so much potential. I mean, he's another righty in the lineup, which isn't exciting, but... Before we move on to the... uh, Minor leagues, so let's see how it goes. Before we move on to the pennant chase and the wild card, I just want to keep the subject on the Yankees real quick and tip my cap to the season that Aaron Judge is having. And although I'm a Red Sox fan, I do have to respect a guy that does it the right way, and he is playing the game the right way. Now, I have a question for the two baseball guys in here, and I mean, Cliff, if you want to chime in as well, do you think he hits 65 home runs this season? Do you no. think he finishes no. with 65? No. no. What no do you shot. think he finishes with? I'd say between that 58 and 60 yeah. mark. Let's say close to it. I believe he's at 55 right now. He's going to be a couple shy. I think 50, 55 or 56, but hey, I mean... The, I'm a believer, so if they're in the run they're in right now, I don't think so. I mean, he's been—I mean—he's been the only bright spot on this team for the past month. Right now, he has—he's uh, sitting at 55. We have how many games left in the season? I believe it's. While you look that up, I just wanted no. to bring up the uh, <coughs> legendary Albert Pujols closing in on 700 career home runs. Yeah. I really hope Pujols reaches it. He's he is more, dude. 
he's another guy that's done it the right way his entire career, and it'd be nice to just see him reach mm-hmm. 700. Yeah. I remember, like, watching him as, like, a kid. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that a lot of baseball fans growing up, okay. everybody looks up to him. Oh, he yeah. is a he's a role model. But So for the Yankees, we have two game series against Boston, so two. But, uh, I'm just trying to figure out how many games we have left. But, I mean, we played almost every day from the 13th to October 5th, so we got about 20-something games left, 20, 20-ish games left, I'd say. I think Judge can hit 10 home runs in 20 games. I don't know about you guys, but might I'm a be, believer for 65. Might be a bet we, have, we might have to make here on the Bison. And also, we know how he does against Baltimore. We get a three-game series against Baltimore. We have six games left against Boston where really I want to see how Stanton does in those series as he's back healthy. I mean, I know you guys won't like hearing this, but Stanton does kind of has kind of owned the Red Sox a little bit. When we so so has Devers with Garrett Cole, but we're Devers not going to get into that. Oh, right no, now. we can get into that because <laughs> I do respect that. Devers is the best third baseman in the league, so. But I'm excited for those two series. I mean, we get an ESPN game on the 25th against Boston. We get a Fox game Thursday against Boston, so it's good to see that there's nationally televised games. We can all get together and see those. Yeah, talk some crap, you know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> So now moving on quickly to the MLB playoffs. The league expanded to seven playoff teams for the AL and the NL. So just taking a look at the standings right now, we have in the AL the Astros having a five-and-a-half game lead, I believe that is, over the Yankees, and then the Yankees leading the Cleveland Guardians by a substantial amount. The... Oh, that wild card race, man. The AL wild card. so bad. We have the Rays and Mariners tied at a half-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays with the Baltimore Orioles, as you just mentioned, five and a half games out. And now we have the Chicago White Sox sneaking in there seven games out. They've been a decent run. I honestly thought the Twins would be the team to make a a late run, but they've kind of been just mediocre again which i mean it's the twins it's used to it those two teams can still sneak into the playoffs as the guardians only hold a two and a half game lead over the white Sox and a four and a half game lead over the twins yep moving on into the nl the new york mets hold a half game lead over the atlanta braves as the braves are beginning to run away with the wild card, and I believe they are a lock for a wild card team at ten and a half. I think the Braves can lead. Take, I think Braves take the East though, though honestly. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe the Braves take the East. Uh, going on the Dodgers, I just read up today that the Dodgers still can lose the. NL West, although it is highly unlikely I as they, they are have 20 to, games out. I believe they have to drop every single game for the rest of the season, and, and San then, Diego has to win every single game for the rest of the season for them to lose that division. So they're correct. as close to clinched as you can get. I mean, the Cardinals... The magic number is one. The Cardinals, again, too, I mean, it was a tight race for a while against the Brewers, but they've pulled away. I believe they're seven or eight games ahead i'm not really sure they're eight up right now eight up so i think st louis has kind of pulled far enough away for that but milwaukee is only two games out of a wild card spot they're two games behind san diego as three and a half games behind philadelphia so we'll see how that goes as spencer just mentioned the phillies are a game and a half uh 
a game and a half above the Padres for that second wild card spot as we come down to the stretch. And how about Arizona? I mean, yes, they're not going to make it in, but a very solid season for them. They're not. They could make it to five hundred. They're only, I think, eight. They're eight games below five hundred right now. Which, if they go on a good run, they could have five hundred. And I don't know when the last time they had a five hundred season one, but the Diamondbacks with a lot of young talent. I don't know what Jack just did to our, <laughs> to our volume there, but the Diamondbacks with a lot of young talent. You got the Christian Walkers. You got um, the center fielder they just brought up. Alec Thomas. Uh, Corbin Carroll. Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll. Alec Thomas. Jake McCarthy's another Jake good guy McCarthy, to throw in there. Um, Josh Rojas is a good third Josh baseman. Rojas, I'm thinking of. There's another one. Tell Marte. Tell Marte always been solid. And then there's uh, Dalton Farshow. Of course. And not to mention Zach Gallon, who has a 42.1 scoreless inning streak, with his good for 10th all-time since the beginning of the MLB. So not since, since a merger, not since anything, all that stuff. All-time, with the Cy Youngs and all those guys way back when that got the weird names in the <laughs> 1800s. He Christy is... Matthewson. Christy Uh And he is, I believe... 20 innings away from the most all-time, which I forget who the most all-time was, but I just saw the chart a few hours ago, which is why I'm bringing this up. But 42.1 scoreless innings for a starting pitcher, but no no no-hitters. They keep... Miami Marlins. Yeah, it's just nice to see kind of old-fashioned pitcher. He's not afraid to go 120, 130 pitches in a game. He just wants to finish the game. Throwing 100 miles an hour every pitch. It's great to see it's it's just great to see things for that. And it's great to see that in Miami. I know they're struggling again. I mean, Jazz out for the rest of the season. I he's been out the entire second half, so that kind of stunted their chances and they're not really anywhere near any growth or anything, but hey. Also, I want to say 11 minutes ago just got posted our uh NC Bison football players of the week. We got Xavier Powell, offensive MVP, obviously, 150 pass yards, 55 rush yards, and five total touchdowns. Defensive MVP was Elijah Brown. Shout out Cap. Yep. Six tackles, two and a half TFLs, and one and a half sacks. Special teams MVP was Mason David. Seven return for 210 yards and a 54-yard kick return. Offensive freshman of the week, shout out Shane. Shane Sutton, 167 rush yards, 9.2 average, two touchdowns. Another defensive MVP was Mike Maslowskis. Mm-hmm. Eight tackles, one sack, and one forced fumble. And our defensive scout player of the week was Garrett Manning. So, shout out to all those guys. I just wanted to put this in towards the end of our segment and everything as it is currently September 12th. I just wanted to put out there the 21st anniversary of the attacks of September 11th in New York City and just take a moment of silence to honor those who lost their lives in the tragic attacks of September 11th and the first responders of the events of September 11th and Flight 93 who possibly could have prevented another attack on a major building so the heroes of flight 93 and just everybody who lost their lives on september 11 2001 all right thank you awesome appreciate you having on here thank you boys great conversations
Good to be back. It's great to be back. Uh, next week, we'll be back on the same time. We'll be here on Monday, uh, 1, 1 o'clock to whenever time we finish up. But, yeah, this is the Bison Boys, WNRC, Deadly Webster. We will see you guys next week. Have a good yes, one. Ready for a great year. Yes, sir.